This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, do you remember the story about the man who had to live in an airport in Malaysia for months as a Syrian refugee? Hassan Al-Kantar was left essentially stateless after trying to avoid compulsory military service in Syria, but he had nowhere else to go when his work visa ran out. He did a great job documenting his story on social media. That led to a resident from Whistler arranging for him to come to Canada. From Syria to Whistler, I mean, what a change, right? Well, guess what? This month, Hassan officially became a Canadian citizen. He's written a book. It's called Man at the Airport, How Social Media Saved My Life, and he joins us now. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, congratulations on becoming a Canadian citizen. How did it feel? Canada, eh? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's still overwhelming. It's, uh, I think for me, it's more like a celebration of life or a declaration of winning, because uh, I paid the ultimate price for this moment, 15 years of separation away from my family. I have a niece and a sister-in-law I never met. I lost my father. I could not travel uh, to be with him when he needed me the most. A destroyed country. Uh, Months and months of detention, interrogation, being subject to racism. So uh, it was bittersweet. I can imagine. What what has it been like being in Canada? That must have been quite a shock to come here and start life all over again, and especially when you you know sponsored by somebody in Whistler. Uh, that's correct. Well, beginnings are hard, and uh, they become harder when we age, unfortunately. It was not an easy thing for me to come to a country with a different language, different culture, different methods and ways of uh, for living. But um, I tried to keep an open mind. I uh, adopted, and I had so many online courses. I started in Whistler for about six months. I learned how to ski there. I took some time off just to relax. Then I moved to Vancouver and I started working with the Canadian Red Cross. And I was there and still since uh, when the pandemic happened and now I'm working with the flood recovery. I'm, I'm speaking to you from Princeton now where we are helping the community here with the with their flood efforts recovery. Well, Hassan, it sounds like you've never stopped trying to adjust or trying to learn. You're saying that when you first got to Whistler uh, from Syria, you you were learning how to ski? Yes, well, it's Whistler. You need to ski, otherwise you are <laughs> an outcast. <laughs> it's Whistler. They live in their own bubble. But uh, um, for me, it was it was uh, more like a fairy tale coming true. And Whistler, they, they, even here in Canada, they, it's known as they ha- they are living in their own purple it's about the town where everyone is skiing it's a resort so uh, people they have a different atmosphere there but uh, it's for someone who's uh, eager to pay back to the community it was uh, the kind of jobs there the minimum wages uh, the, to build your career uh, whistler was not the right place i needed to move to vancouver and uh, to start working uh, I thought when I first come to Canada that it's going to be the end of the story, but it was the beginning of another story. And it turned out that we as a human, we never stopped dreaming. And whenever we achieved one dream, 
we start looking into the other one. I thought that Canada is the place where I'm going to relax, establish roots, uh, get married, uh, have a family. But it turned out, especially after the pandemic, that no, I still have something to offer and uh, I'm trying to do it. And you're, trying, you're working with the Red Cross, you were saying. So here you are now continuing to give back and try to help other people. Is that important to you? Very important. Um, I, I think uh, uh, at one point in my life, I was for 15 years stateless, a man with no identity. And uh, Canada offered me an, a new identity. It offered me a place, a home, uh, stability, permanently legal. Uh, and people welcomed me with open arms. And they gave me a chance to prove myself. Uh, so being back and being forward as well is uh, giving the example that we as newcomers or refugees, former refugees, are actually not only the people who are complaining, crying, seeking help, but we are seeking more an opportunity to prove ourselves. And uh, we are skilled people, educated, and we could be an additional value to any community we live in. Why did you want to write the book, Hassan? What, what is the message? The message is, uh, I wrote the book because I thought it's time to tell the story. And uh, I was trying to speak to the Canadian and to the world, the Western world, uh, directly, without any mediator. Uh, let them hear our story from, our, uh, from us directly, the real us, to bring the gap closer between the East and the West, to build the bridge, and to show them who we really are. When people think about Syria, they are thinking now with the stereotype, there is a pattern with the media, uh, refugee camps and educated people, dirty uh, kids with no health care or schools. They think about the destroyed places, but Syria was never like that before. So I was trying to tell them who we really are. Now that you are a Canadian citizen, Hassan, does that mean that you can perhaps go and visit see family? Yes, they are, uh, they are not in Syria. That's why I can visit them. Uh, they are in Egypt, and uh, the ultimate uh, dream is to bring them here to Canada. But that's going to take a while and a lot of effort. It's almost impossible, but I will keep trying. Um, uh, now they are in Egypt. They are safe, uh, temporarily safe. So after 15 years, I, I want to go and visit them. And at the moment, thinking about that now, it uh, scares me a little bit. Why? Uh, because uh, 15 years away, I don't know if I, uh, they know me anymore, if I know them, what the time has did to me to, and to, to them. I know that I have changed. Are they going to look to me differently? Who are they? It's like I'm introducing myself again to someone that I used to know. But there are a lot of changes, especially after the war and how much they sacrificed to be away from home. So... I left my mother when she was uh, 50, and now she's 65. She lost a husband. She lost her son-in-law. Uh, she lost a house. Uh, what that did that? What that did to them? And so, it's uh, I, I, we will get there, and it will be a, a priceless moment. But it's scary as well. You know what? It's family, though, right? It's it's family. You right. must still have that connection. Are you planning this trip then? And when will you be able to go? Um, well, I need to apply for because I'm not in Vancouver, so I still need to go to Vancouver after I finish work here and then apply to my passport, and then I will start uh, planning the trip. How important was social media, Hassan, to your story? Very. It was the window who opened uh, 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 all 
different possibilities and options for me, but uh, it's up to us how to use it. It's just a tool. Um, it could be a, a weapon of mass destruction or could be a life savior. It's, uh, I think it's the future, and people are speaking the future language right now, right uh, here. Um, I, we don't need to, to write a sign anymore and go outside to protest. People can create the wave, create the change, and lead it while they are having coffee in their living room. Uh, but we need to know how to use it, how to inspire people, and uh, how to be authentic and uh, genuine. How did you learn how to use it then? Was this something that you just thought, okay, I'm stuck here at this airport, I need to do something? It was a desperate solution for me. I tried all the uh, reasonable, logical solutions before that when I tried to call uh, uh, humanitarian organizations, NGOs, and uh, I tried to call then some embassies in, in uh, Kuala Lumpur because I was stuck in Malaysia, and then um, public figures. I tried everything and nothing worked. Then I realized that it's not Hassan, the individual who made the crime, and the world is punishing him, judging him because of that crime. It's Hassan, the Syrian. And once I found that uh, answer, I decided to go to the social media and tell the story of my people, not the story of, of, of myself. That's why my first tweet ever was, what does it mean to be Syrian? So it was uh, the general story, and I decided to be myself, not to complain, not to cry. People, they have their own misery, they have their own tragedy, and I needed to catch their attention, and I thought a smile would just do that. Well, you know what? It's remarkable how far that has gotten you. So congratulations, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Happy Monday.